welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Home Efficiency. Hello, clean tech enthusiasts. My name is Scott Cooney, and my company has done energy and water efficiency retrofits for more than 13,000 homes and small businesses, saving our customers more than $3 million a year on their electric and water bills, while also reducing more than 11 million pounds of carbon pollution per year. Would you like to start offering this type of service in your community and do it for a living, make money? You can. Check out homeefficiency.com for more info. We do flat fee consulting to help you get started with our model, training you, giving the inventory, tools, software, and support you'll need. No royalties, no hidden fees, no sneaky add-ons. You can just get started. Ready to work with your hands and make a difference every day? Do it. Go to homeefficiency.com. Check out. We're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, CEO of Clean Technica, and we're here with Amber Datavio, Vice President of Product Management at Excella. And we're going to focus on solar permitting in California and uh, a bit beyond. But to start off, Amber, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this space? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Zach, for having me. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, for more than 20 years, I have been in civic tech, gov tech, and nonprofit tech. I started my career in health and human services, working with state and local government alongside with uh, nonprofit organizations to provide technology solutions for programs for low-income, underserved, and vulnerable communities. And then over the past 15 years, I've been driving product strategy for Excella, working with thousands of state and local government agencies. And you've uh, you led Excella's integration with NREL's new Solar App Plus, Solar App Plus. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. Actually, this has been an exciting um, partnership and development effort. We have been working with uh, the National Renewable Energy Lab and their partners, um, such as Tesla, to come up with a solution to streamline um, the entire permitting process. Um, they have they focused on building an app that uh, essentially does automated approvals for solar permitting. So um, let's say an, a solar installer could upload, uh, enter the information about the project, they could upload their plans, and all of the, the building codes and compliance um, checks are inside the app. It will check all that information and provide an automated, automated approval. And then from right there, direct them into the application process to apply for the permit through Excella, through our citizen access portal. And then through that process, because it's already gone through its compliance checks, it provides the ability for the local jurisdictions to just do an automated approval. And so they pay their permit fee and then they can start the work immediately. So something that may have been taking, you know, two, four, six, sometimes eight weeks to go through that entire process is now down to minutes, which is pretty incredible. So it's literally going from two to eight weeks to a matter of minutes because the system just sees everything is fine, move forward instead of having to have someone check all of these different elements. 
Yeah. So the, like the typical permitting process for solar prior to these type of uh, technical advancements required a lot of humans, right. To go through all of these processes. So it required resources to, for, for both like the electrical and construction um, permitting processes. There may be things like checking for uh, zoning or local ordinances, things like that. And by building all of these checks into the, the software, you're eliminating the need for those individuals to have to go through those processes. And we know a lot of our, our government agencies are really resource strapped, especially right now. So this allows them to focus on other things and also maybe more of the compliance side of things, get some more updates into the app to stream, to further streamline the process and also make sure that, you know, it's being done safely. So it's definitely a huge benefit, uh, not just for the consumer, right? They're going to get their solar panels on their roof faster. The, the installer, um, the, you know, solar companies that are installing these things, um, but also for our government agencies, it's going to save a ton of time and, you know, ultimately tax dollars in the end. Yeah. So I, you know, from various perspectives, I can, I've seen that solar, solar systems are taking, it seems like more than eight weeks to get, I mean, it seems like the, the process is much longer uh, than I even expected when, as I've gotten dug into a little bit more and seen that it's taking months and months for, for people to get connected. Are there other elements outside of the permitting process that you know of that are taking an exceptionally long time, or is it mostly just the permitting process? Well, I think it depends on the area. Some... Yeah. And I guess we should probably focus a little bit on California for now, since as different, different areas are going to have different stories, right? Yeah, sure. So if we talk uh, more about California, uh, there are some areas of California that have uh, gotten this down to, you know, two to four weeks instead of that eight week timeframe. And they're continuing to try to streamline those processes even further, but there are other hangups than just, you know, the permitting process there, you know, there could be things like uh, the historical, you know, you may need approval from, let's say your local historical commission, depending on your lo- your location, Or if you're part of like a homeowners association, you'll likely need their permission to put panels on your property. And so there's other things that may be involved in the process that could be slowing it down. I've heard that the HOAs never cause trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, obviously not, not the case. So, yeah. So, so this process, the app that you're talking about, when, when was it developed and what's the timeline as far as getting it? It looks like the goal is to get 1500 initially jurisdictions using it. Uh, what's the kind of timeline from, I guess, from, from when it started uh, even getting developed to uh, rolling out to 1500 jurisdictions? So in the past few months, um, there's been a pilot program with a number of jurisdictions participating in that. One of them is Pima County. Uh, they've been using it live and it's, they've already started to see all of the benefits, um, saving them valuable time, money, you know, their own resources. And it's allowed them to process roughly about 250 permits per month in that region. And so we're taking all of those findings during that pilot program and uh, working with solar app to continue to make the in- integration even more tighter and streamlined. And we're launching that in May, mid-May, which will then allow 
or be available to all of the jurisdictions, especially in California. Um, we already have a handful of other jurisdictions that are, have contacted us to learn more about the integration so that they're starting so that they internally can start to prepare to roll this out. Now, as far as the implementation is concerned for rolling out is, is pretty simple. Um, Excella has created a template um, that aligns specifically with the process um, of solar app. So it's something that our customers could just plug into their existing implementation in a matter of minutes. And then there's just the process of training their internal staff, getting prepared to roll this out to the community and getting the word out, right, for people to start to adopt it. So it's we've, we've taken even the implementation that sometimes in the past may have taken months uh, for just solar permitting down to probably a number of days or a couple of weeks to get them up and running. Uh, so, yeah, so the um, we're recording this before the announcement, but uh, the announcement is April 29th it mentions this rollout to 1500, mentions a partnership with uh, National Renewable Energy Lab and REL. Can you, uh, I guess it's not clear, first of all, on the, the 1500, is it not not particularly clear how long that takes to, to launch, or is that going to happen before mid-May or something that all 1500 agencies will have? Have the um, not, not all 1,500 agencies will have rolled out the solution by that time frame that it will be available okay. um, to 1,500 jurisdictions in that time frame. And, and really the, the timing okay. to roll it out really kind of depends on when the jurisdiction is ready to do so. And we've, that's why I mentioned we have a handful that are already starting to prepare for that. And then as soon as it's ready, I'm, I'm sure the, the adoption will happen pretty quickly based okay, on the great. results that we've seen so far. Yeah, I see it made made available, right? And it's, um, yeah, with with local jurisdictions, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> getting a 1500 to do something on, on a quick time frame is probably um, a little bit beyond impossible, but uh, but hopefully it won't take too long since it's a simple system. Everybody knows how to download software and, and get started using it. So the second part, the collaboration with NREL, what is that exactly? How is, how is NREL involved? It's a big name, obviously, in the renewable energy world, and it puts a lot of weight, you know, gets put behind something if NREL is involved, a lot of uh, respect. Yeah, so NREL has been um, uh, been in very much involved. We, we meet on a regular basis with them and, as, as I mentioned, other partners such as Tesla to come up with the right process and the development of the app. So they have been facilitating all of that as well as identifying funding for local jurisdictions so that they could use these, this app at no cost. Um, so that's been uh, primarily their, their involvement and also kicking off the, the pilot program. And again, working to, with those local jurisdictions to understand uh, and help them understand the benefits. And then also being able to capture that um, after they've rolled things out. Yeah, so obviously Tesla gets headlines and a lot of attention. I last year I had I don't know 15 30 45 minute chat with Elon Musk on on Twitter uh, about the, their solar being so cheap, why it was so cheap. We've written about that in the past, you know, basically very low customer acquisition costs, which are a big deal in, in the United States. Permitting is another big deal in the United States that, that raises the cost of rooftop solar in the US compared to other countries like Australia and Germany. And I've, aside from, you know, seeing that that Tesla's got more serious about solar, has record low pricing, 
is very popular. What I've seen since then is that there's huge, huge delays getting solar systems installed and connected uh, from Tesla. Could you speak a little bit more about what exactly, I mean, you have already, but you know, what exactly Tesla's involvement was, like what they were asking for, what they, how they provided input to help. And if you have any insight into their kind of backlog in California from, from this issue, and, and if this is going to be sort of a, open up a, uh, kind of a, a, a spigot of, of install of connections, installations, collection connections. From my um, experience and working with them, uh, where where they have added um, a lot of value is helping us and Enrol understand where the challenges lie when it comes to the installation and the the permitting process. Process, you know, where are they getting hung up? Um, I would say, and this is not just from Tesla. This is also from my experience in working with other jurisdictions across the United States. Is that is the consistency or inconsistency between the experience across jurisdiction. So mm-hmm. one community could have one set of ordinances or <laughs> rules and another um, has something else. They've used different systems. They have different processes. Um, they have different timelines. And so from a consumer's perspective, you know, you're going to get varying reviews and, and levels of, you know, <laughs> experiences based based on that. And so where they have been helpful is is really helping us understand where those pain points are and we can identify what the trends are in those pain points and then try to solve, you know, address those pain points for the for the installers and for the government agencies. So and really what it comes down to the answer to that is standardization. Yeah. Right? Something that could be rolled out over and over again you know, we, I, I, I've worked with lots of government agencies over many years and some of them, you know, think that they're very unique, but when you drill down into some of the details, <laughs> right, you find that 90% of the things are the same. So if we can focus on standardizing that and then giving them a little bit of room, right. To make the adjustments needed for their region or for their, you know, specific needs, then we can make it much easier for everybody through this process. So from, from them, that's what I've heard. And is has been one of the, the hangups. And then, uh, and that's, that's where we're focusing our efforts to help. And I recall, I think several years ago, I think it was Palo Alto implemented a kind of one day permitting process, mm-hmm. um, which was a you know, big breakthrough. I was hoping it would be replicated more, but it, it seems like it hasn't caught fire. But it, did, did you work with Palo Alto or any other jurisdictions that are sort of leading to say like, like, you know, how do you do it so quickly? How can we work that into the software or is that sort of a separate uh, thing that you didn't get into? Yeah. So um, from our side, so we, if you've read up on uh, Excella, we have a number of civic applications. They range from very many, many different regulatory processes, you know, from environmental health to fire prevention to building and uh, planning and business licensing. And we work with all of the, all of our customers, as well as others, other jurisdictions to understand what the processes are and then try to standardize them. So there's definitely findings from Palo Alto. There are places across the U.S. we found that we've worked with that are working to modernize their processes would be, you know, Charlotte County, Florida, Clark County, Nevada, state of Oregon. So not just Cal- 
California. But then we also have a, a number of customers in California we've worked with as well. San Diego, Menifee, Contra Costa, Pima County. In fact, Contra Costa rolled out their PV solar program during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> and so there were some good um, lessons learned as well there. And then we take that and try to come up with a good solution that we could then provide to the rest of the jurisdictions that maybe haven't started that process. Um, we don't really want... So is, that, we oh, is that like, is that on top of the software then? So that's, so you're providing basically advice, uh, tips, pro tips to, to jurisdictions on top of the software or is, or is it all just something that's put, sort of rolled into the software? So we do offer is an option for the software, but we also, you know, with, when it comes to our customers, it, it's more of a partnership and we work together to come up with the best solution for them. So we try to pre-build things for them. Some of it's packaged like a packaged set of configuration that they can take and plug into their existing implementation. Sometimes it's new software, such as a new app or new features, right, to help uh, with this process. But and did you? And did you also yeah. work with? Um, well, I think it's what's a couple of interesting things will come to, but. Interesting that you have this, you know, countrywide focus in history with jurisdictions and Tesla, obviously also is, you know, a global or countrywide um, company. So there's interest demand across the country. So you, you have a good match there where you can say, you know, what are your problems in Florida, Texas, California? And, and you know, you can link that to your experience with different states and and localities. Are there other nationwide solar companies like Sunrun, Vivint Solar that you've worked with as well? Or have you kept it a little more simplified and worked with Tesla and uh, and, and your existing? Um, um, we With with the other uh, solar um, companies, we haven't worked directly with them, but we have indirectly through our customers and understanding what their their needs are. But obviously, this industry is growing very rapidly. So that is something that we are looking into working with more to try to help streamline the process across the um, the entire country. Yeah. And then so, you know, as noted, you've you've worked on a variety of topics. Do you find that the solar permitting arena is dip, significantly different, more challenging than standardizing other areas of of you know, the government um, systems, or is it kind of just the same kind of deal where you find, you know, it's, it's, it's a different sector, different permitting process, but it's a similar kind of workflow of, of streamlining and standardizing. I would say that it, it is very, it's, it's very similar as far as like the workflow. I think the difference with solar is the volume, right. And the demand, that, that we're seeing, you know, you know, people aren't, it's like, if there was a, everybody's not getting a new uh, driveway or fence or roof all at the same time. Right. right. Unless there's some sort of, you know, event, um, environmental event <laughs> that caused a whole bunch of damage. Right. So with solar, you know, if, if it's, if we, if we all work together and really meet our goals here, uh, for long-term, we want everybody to have access to it, right? It should be affordable. It should be easy. And if, if we can meet those um, lofty goals, like, you know, everybody's going to want it all at the same time. (laughs) So we have to be able to have a process that is, that's scalable to be able to support that growth year over year. And um, so I think that's where the difference 
is Whistler versus some of the other permitting and regulatory processes. Yeah, that makes sense. We, we have, of course, cheer on and get very excited about fast growth in, in all these clean tech industries. But every time there is fast growth, there's challenges, bottlenecks. I mean, just in, even in the case of, for example, building this gigafactory near Austin or in Nevada earlier, it creates a lot of jobs, creates a lot of uh, economic activity, but then there's house, housing crunches, housing shortages that squeeze people that hurt hurt people because uh, prices go up very quickly, rent, rent gets difficult, and there's just limited housing supply. People have to live in vans and that kind of thing. So, you know, it, with every great growth story, there's a lot of challenges. So it's interesting. I hadn't really thought so much about how that's uh, putting weight on the permitting process, but you also you mentioned you know the challenge of you know moving people from paper. I'm just you know I'm curious a little bit. You know, go- government agencies have their systems in place. It's hard to evolve and and and, and modernize sometimes. But it's also 2021. <laughs> it's also uh, you know this COVID era where everything is trying to get you know uh, off of paper more. What's your experience with with convincing persuading jurisdictions that to try, try to get as uh, as paperless as possible with with permitting well it's actually not so much about convincing anymore <laughs> i think everyone's convinced i think this last year showed us that we absolutely have to have those things in place you know for those that did that had a head start you know had less challenges over the last year those that were in the middle of it expedited it got it up and running and those that are behind are, are still struggling. And so there's a, there's a bigger, even bigger divide, a bigger tech debt, right. than they maybe even thought they had. So I, it's not so much about convincing. It's about how, um, how can we help them get from where they are today to where they want to be. And so it's really more about guidance and providing solutions that help accelerate that process you know, SaaS solutions help a lot, right? Because you don't have to worry about uh, hardware and resources to support all that, you know, pre-built solutions um, are helping, you know, with what solar app is doing, where you can repeat, right? Rinse and repeat, learn, learn from those that, you know, blaze the trail before you, you know, most uh, when it comes to government, the, the nice thing is, is you can't, there's no plagiarism, right? If you were to steal something from a private company, that would be uh, not a good thing. And when it comes to government, it's, it's a good thing. It's encouraged. Right. So I think it's more about helping them under uh, helping them get from where they are today to where they need to be in order to, to support these types of processes and serve their communities the way they want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was just saying that uh, you know you you've mentioned that you know bringing down from two to eight weeks from to you know a much shorter time frame, you're bringing down the costs uh, costs of a of a permitting process, cost of a solar system. I've got a note here that that the permitting pro- permitting and, and inspection agencies add a cost of about two thousand five hundred sixteen dollars for a single residential installation. Can you talk just a little bit about that? that $2,500 cost and and how much this system might be, might bring that down? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, the, usually the, most of the cost goes to the, the people, right. The, um, that are a part of this process. Usually when you're installing a solar panel, it requires an electrical and a constru- and construction work. Um, is that a part of that process just to make sure that, you know, all the safety concerns and things are taken into account. 
Sometimes you also need to involve the utility company. There could be a number of other departments that might be involved in that process. Let's say like a structural engineer or the fire department, right? To make sure that they require in the set, you know, in the, in the plans, they'll require like clearance around the solar area. So they have easy access to your roof in the event of a fire. So there's lots of different things that play into this to make sure that it really, what it comes down to is, is, is safety. And then if there's some other things too. There could be some, you know, aesthetics or things like that, that need to be taken into account based on the local ordinances. So most of the costs go into the review process. And then there's also a inspection process as well, requiring people to come out on site to make sure that things have been installed per their, per the agreed upon plan. And if something goes wrong as a part of that process, then there may be another review, another inspection. And so that's where the, the dollars just keep adding up is, mm-hmm. is through that overall process. Now, some of those, some, you can avoid some of those things by number one, having like very clear defined rules. So let's say for like the installer, for the solar installer company, they, if they understand, if it's very clear to them what the local jurisdiction's rules are and restrictions are, then they're not going to tell the homeowner, oh, you, you know, you can do whatever you want, right? They're going to say, okay, what are your overall goals? And then they'll come back and provide them a plan that aligns also with the the jurisdiction. So that's going to cut out some time because if it's very clear up front, they're going to have less mistakes down the road. So that's one way of bringing it down, which then also allows, you know, like the solar app um, development, right. To happen, because if it's standardized, then those plans, finding a way to check those plans and compliance as a part of that process could then also cut down the need for people to look at the plans to make sure that they're aligned. And then in addition to that, also output a, what the inspection will be. So if that way the installer can make sure that they're checking all of the things that need to be checked before the inspector comes out so that they can, you know, more uh, make sure that at the end of the inspection, they have approval and there's less back and forth. So those are things that can be done in addition to the technology. Of course, we know paper processes are, and manual processes are slower. You put those things online, right? That also reduces the time and the overall cost. Yeah, but so much seems this is really uh, insightful into how this streamlines things. And do you have any estimate of how, how much it will bring down costs or are you not really going out on a limb and, and making those uh, estimates externally right now? Well, um, we've already started to see Um, California put caps on some of the permitting costs. I don't know that it's completely covering their costs, but they're trying to bring it down, right? To remove that impediment for solar permitting. So in California for commercial projects, it's about thousand dollars. And for residential permitting right now, it's 450. But what we have seen in the pilot program and working with other jurisdictions across the U.S., is that if you can remove, if you can eliminate or reduce the human interaction, you could bring that number down to 50 to hundred dollars versus 500 up to 2,500 <laughs> that what we were wow. seeing in other yeah, cases. That's, that's a huge, uh, huge reduction. Very cool. Uh, so, you know, we, we focus on California a lot. It, we do reports on the, on the, on the market and California is like a huge chunk of the U S solar market. Are there other 
top markets that you're especially focused on that you see a lot of backlog of demand you see a lot of uh, you know agencies like help us help us you know we have too many too many uh, permits to go through florida texas arizona hawaii do, do i don't know if you're dealing with hawaii yet we haven't worked with hawaii um yet but we are uh, definitely there's a huge demand in florida in nevada and arizona we're starting to see more in oregon and and then uh california we have the most um, customers and then also uh also starting to see things ramp up in colorado as well Cool. Uh, and I, I guess a last question, perhaps. So Tesla's got this the conventional solar panel roof system. It also has its, you know, uh, unique solar roof tiles. Um, and that's been a that's been a bit slow to ramp. Uh, there's a lot of demand for it, it seems, but slow to get installed and, and I guess permitted and and all of that. Does your software deal with both of them, or is it, or is the solar roof a separate matter that's a bit outside of your this realm? So, with with solar, working with the solar app, we've been focused primarily residential roof panels. But our but because we're servicing government, right? So we actually handle a variety of solar permits, um, you know, as well as commercial as well. So it would cover all of the and different these, designs. These solar tiles as well, which, which are basically, you know, roof tiles, but solar, these are part of, included in this app. They are, um, the tiles, um, I, I'd have to check on the, with them to see if it's covered in the, in solar app, but as far as the permitting process through Excella would cover that, those designs. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, you know, it's, it's been obviously on the market for a while, but it's very still low volumes. And uh, recent news was that p- even people who had gotten a quote from Tesla, uh, how much it was going to cost uh, recently, that those costs have gone up ten, twenty thousand dollars for a roof. And it's just such a different process since you're actually installing tiles, not mm-hmm. not conventional PV systems. But it's all it all gets worked into that permitting process from. Uh, on your on your end as if i mean not as if it was a conventional solar pv system but in the same kind of ease and and streamlined way yeah yeah i think the one thing that a lot of people don't really think about when it comes to developing new technology and i i can't speak specifically to if this is the the issue with the cost and rolling these out these tiles out but when you when you do develop those new technologies the gov- government may be slow to react because it's not something that they had planned right now there's a new thing out there we've got to figure out okay what did, how does this change right the current process how does this change and so going through that process if there are things that require like zoning or land use changes they you know that process is a, a lengthier process so that may play into it but it's just something that sometimes people don't really think about it's like oh well there's this new cool thing i want it but if it's not safe, we don't, we don't know it's safe, right? There's a process to go through that before it can tell you really can scale it. Yeah. And I can imagine there's some initial like, okay, we can do this this way. And then they decide, okay, well, there's a, there's a, there's a risk here. We need to, you know, go through this process as well, or this or this. Uh, so possibly things have just been getting added on to that process. Um mm-hmm in different jurisdictions. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, well, this is a lot of insight, great insight into 
bringing down permitting permitting prices it looks like tremendously especially as you get this rolled out so the launch mentions making it available to 1500 jurisdictions can you give us any kind of estimate on your longer term hope forecasts for uh, how this spreads across the country three to five year kind of hopes or plans well so yeah three to five year hopes and plans i think that as we as we roll this out and find the successes from this, we would really like to see if we can even further bring the cost down than even what they are today. So by, by eliminating like the manual process, we already found a huge cost savings, but we also want to make sure that we can cover maybe some of the more unique scenarios, right? So as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're really shooting for that 80, 90%, right? And then provide some ability for people to make some tweaks. As we find more trends, as the as we start to scale in certain regions, we can further standardize or templatize that that process for them, right? That's unique to maybe their region that could further. It's more. It's less about I think bringing the cost down at that point. It's more about how do we get this up and running at every you know city and county across the United States, so that they have the tools to be able to handle the the volume and the demand. Yeah. Well. Uh, thank you. So much. I guess one last, last question. Uh, so once you've, you know, sort of penetrated a lot of California, Florida, uh, other markets, do you, is it then, do you find it easier to sort of get uh, quick adoption in uh, smaller states, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, Wyoming, or is it sort of, it depends? Absolutely. Uh, if you're, if you've got a concentrated area of, you know, where you've got a handful of, of uh, jurisdictions, that have adopted it and found success, others will follow. Um, in my experience, government is a little bit slower to be the first, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some that are that are like, you know, ready and willing and ambitious to go forward, but m- many are a little bit more cautious. And so those government leaders and experts and in those areas are looking to to follow, right, those that success. So absolutely, as soon as we have you know, a few of and running, we start, we, you start to see the adoption grow pretty rapidly. All right. Well, thank you so much for what you're doing. This looks like one of the biggest uh, improvements to, to us solar uh, costs in a while from my perspective. So it's extremely exciting. I'm sure we'll be touching on it many times as we talk about solar permitting and solar costs uh, in the years to come. So it's a real pleasure, honor to be able to talk with you about your your great work on that and get the kind of pre-launch insights so that we can share this at launch and get, get more people learning about how how this is helping. So thank you. Thank you to the whole team at Excella and and the people you've worked with at NREL and, and Tesla. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thanks.